Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Story Simple Spirit of Podcast on How to Make Sense of Scripture. My name is John McCambridge, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host. I'm Jackie Mitchell. The one and the only, Jackie <laughs> Mitchell. Jackie, uh, this happens sometimes in uh, uh, you know my, my position here at the church, but I have, I'm in a season right now where I'm talking a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot you of doing words, okay? A lot of words have been coming out of my mouth. You really have been talking a lot. It's been like Sundays. You got the classes. There's a class on Monday nights and producer Jerry keeps making me come on his podcast. And you're going to talk on our worship night in a couple, yeah, couple days. Worship yeah. night. And so why don't you just give me like a little bit of a break and just, you know, speak for a little bit. Go ahead. Just speak for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. No problem. It's not a problem it. for you. So not what do you problem. got? What do you got? Uh, what's been going on with me? Um, That's immediately where <laughs> you think. go. <laughs> no, well, I don't want to ask you questions and then have right, you talk. Oh, oh, you want me to talk? Okay, let's talk about me. Yeah, well, let's talk about something I know. Um, well, it, we're recording this the day after Valentine's. That's true. If you're okay with me asking questions, if that's not yeah, too much of a yeah, break. Yeah, you can ask some questions. You got Valentine's Day plans? Like, did you guys go out to dinner or anything like that? Will you? Like, we're headed this weekend because Valentine's Day was on a Wednesday, which is weird. Yeah, we're going to have a little date night on Friday. Yeah, same. Yeah. Wait, where? Um, oh, no, no, don't say. Uh, yeah, we're going to go to a place called, there's like a wine store down in German Village called Hausfrau oh. Haven. And, uh, which is German for well, housewife haven, which is kind of like, that's weird. <laughs> well, it's, the, the, the joke is that housewives oh, drink wine. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's a wine store, but they open the wine bar next door and it's like a very cool, just kind of, oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah. So, so we'll go there and then, uh, we're still kind of watching movies, uh, for, for like the award season. Oh yeah. So we're going to go, we're going to watch those. a movie maybe on Saturday. I was so. going to say, cause we'll be in your neck of the woods. We'll be Where in German going? village. Sycamore. We love that place. Oh, Sycamore. Good. Uh, I'm going to alert like our, them. That's what I didn't want to say. I didn't want to start sharing because then I thought like, <laughs> well, because this is, what, well, this is what happened is two people on staff, um, on our staff, Abby and Kaylee, found yeah. out they had the exact same reservation at the same time on the same day at, at the same Sycamore? restaurant. No, no, no. Uh, at, at a different restaurant oh, those downtown. Two together. I see. So they, their Valentine's Day dates are now together. Yeah. Essentially. That makes sense. Now you, you, uh, you like to host. So did you, did you host for the Super Bowl? I did, yeah. What'd you make? I didn't make anything actually. Oh gosh, People why? just brought stuff. Wow. That's very that's very unlike you. I know. I know. We just it was like a last minute thing. We didn't think anyone like didn't have plans and it was kind of like a last mm. minute. Like we texted all our friends, like, hey, if you don't have anywhere to go, like you can come over. And there was like ten people. And we were like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, I thought everyone was had plans for the Super Bowl already. Yeah. So I was kind of shocked that people came over. It was like just like a courtesy, like, hey, if yeah. you need a place. And then you you turned on the Chiefs because uh, America's sweetheart, Travis Kelsey, pushed his coach. That right? was so mean. That upset you? The, I the actually was guy. so upset. People made fun of me because I, I rarely post on Facebook and I posted on Facebook, on Facebook just for that. I didn't know where to, I don't have like Twitter or anything. So wow. I didn't know where to post like a, like a, um, I think you're the youngest person that has posted on Facebook in, in like years. I think. Years, yeah. 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 He shoved his coach. He did. He did. And I, you know, like and now I'm, I don't follow Taylor Swift and I don't follow football. So that was the only thing I had to go off of. And I was like, fine, I'll root for the other team then. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. There's like, you know, the whole, like, there's this whole culture you know, th I think like half of the people who are invested in are joking, but half of the mm. people are serious where it's like either Taylor Swift is evil or she's like God's gift to yeah. earth. And it's like, can we just calm down? It's probably like in the middle, probably. <laughs> I know. It's like, like a crazy. girl and she got famous and now she's yeah. a famous singer and she's dating a football she's player. Not, yeah, she's <laughs> not evil and she's not like amazing. Like she's just some girl. Well, Love Story is amazing. You do love that song. The right? song Love Story is uh, one of the greatest songs of all time. Oh, wow. 
I can't I, say I, I don't agree. know. I don't know. I think I agree with that. I think I agree with my own statement. I think that's right. <laughs> I think I agree with what I said. Yeah, yes. I think what I said is correct. So <laughs> I actually, and I will not accept any challenges to it. So I think we should, I think what we should do, Jackie, is I think we should get into the Bible. Uh, I last, think so. Last week, we took a break. Yes. And we, and we talked a little bit about covenants. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea if our listeners enjoyed that episode, but that was fun for me. I had a great time. My dad texted me, said he loved the episode. Oh. Thanks, dad. All right. Well, the number one okay. fan of the podcast right. liked it, which is Thank really you. The, the main, the main you know, demographic. Right. It's your That's father. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I mean, that that was like, sometimes it's fun to just stop and kind of reflect. Yeah. And it, it got me thinking a little bit because uh, with this, plus the prayer class that we're doing at this church, one of the things that we're talking about is proximity to God. We're talking mm-hmm. about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Relational um, uh, proximity versus relational distance from God and what that means and how that happens. And one thing that I just kind of want us to remember as we do this podcast and we're just going through the Bible chapter by chapter is that the reason that we think this is important is because the Bible is where you meet God. Mm. Like the scriptures and the spirit, mm-hmm. right? The, the, that's how, that's how God is known yeah. in this world. And, and so, you know, really it's not that we read the scriptures just to know about God. We actually believe there's a genuine encounter that happens in the power of the spirit through the the, the spirit breathed scriptures. And so, uh, you know, um, like we talked about last time, and there's different ways to address this and there's different reasons for this. People do feel, tend to feel frustrated yeah. with how close or, or, or near or, or how far God is in their life and how much power they feel from God in their life. And, you know, one of the things I think that God asks of us is to come and meet him in one of the places that we meet him is the scriptures, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're going to talk today uh, about, um, you know, the, the the death of Rachel and mm-hmm. the birth of Benjamin. And it just kind of feels like we're, we're unpacking a drama, mm-hmm. but kind of like we went into last week, within that drama, you get to understand who God is and how he works and what he cares about and what he loves, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're going to... Um, we're going to just go through the rest of chapter 35 today. Is that right? Are we in 35? Yeah. yeah. The rest of chapter 35. <laughs> and uh, then next week is like a, uh, a genealogy yes. of Esau, mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll, we'll go through. Um, but I think this is, this is an important episode to kind of see like how all of this shakes out and the last son is born. And what does that mean? And then this is actually where Reuben, the oldest son, uh, betrays his father yes, and does, and does yeah. something bad. So mm-hmm. uh, two episodes we left off with Jacob and his family returning uh, to Bethel. Mm-hmm. And what what was that? What, what kind of happened in that episode? Where are we right now? Um, so at that point, we were kind of worried for the covenant yeah. um, because at least two of his sons seemed to have betrayed the terms of the covenant. Or covenant um, and he, you know, Jacob is returning to Bethel. He's kind of like, this is almost like a fresh start. For him mm-hmm. and his family, right? Yeah. So he he builds altars. Um, God renews his covenant to Jacob. So mm-hmm. kind of the the message that God sends is that I'm I'm still with you, basically, even though you are unfaithful. Which is, you know, we talked about kind of like a recall to the Noahic covenant. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, God just repeats all of his promises and mm-hmm. says, like, the covenant's still going forward. Yep. Yep. And that was, you know, this is important because last time we talked about how, you know, in our relationship with God you know, he is faithful. And so mm-hmm. when we are unfaithful, he doesn't divorce us, mm-hmm. but there are relational consequences, mm-hmm. right? And this is an example of the grace and the faithfulness of God, that they have done something 
that essentially could disqualify them mm-hmm. from being the covenant carriers. And yet God stays with them yeah. and re-ups the covenant, names Jacob Israel again. Yes, yeah. <laughs> makes all the same promises again yeah. about, you know, uh, offspring and kings and kingdoms and all this stuff. Um, and and so uh, the, the the covenant carriers are, are going to have to become people who can can responsibly do what God wants them to do, mm-hmm. right? If you're if you're in a covenant with God, you have responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so you know, is the is the new covenant unconditional? Um, the answer to that question is no, mm-hmm. right? That we find ourselves in today. The love of God is unconditional. Yes. But if you say, okay, cool. Like God, you know, Jesus is, is king, but I'm not going to do anything that he says. Like you, you sort of step outside of the covenant. Right? Well, it comes down to like, if, if we believe that Jesus is king, that mm-hmm. will affect our actions. If we say we believe Jesus is king, but then don't do it, it indicates that we don't believe that Jesus is king. Right. I think that's what it comes down to a lot of the time. Yeah. And, and this participation makes sense. Yeah. When you think about like, cause God created us humans to participate in creation. Mm-hmm. And so if we are his covenant images uh, that he's chosen, then of course there's conditions mm-hmm. and there's expectations and there's responsibility. In fact, the scriptures say that too much is given, much is required, mm-hmm. right? Which is actually kind of the opposite of some of the times the way that we yeah. think of like uh, the the grace of God, mm-hmm. which is like, well, we've received the grace of God, so we don't have to do anything. Yeah, And it's like, no, you couldn't have done anything to receive the grace of God. But now there's all kinds of things you have to do. Yeah. And there's all kinds of things that you must not do, right? Right. And so in this situation, like one of the things that the covenant carriers of God should not have done is tricked a bunch of people into getting circumcised and then slaughtered them and stole all their stuff. Right, right, <laughs> right. So that seems kind of obvious to yeah. us maybe. Uh, but, you know, it was their sister who, yeah. who was assaulted. And so, of course, you know, there's emotion and, and yeah. there's, the, you know, slander on their family's name and all this stuff. So it's really not as... Uh, silly as as it seems, but mm-hmm. but technically they should be disqualified from the covenant. But God reassures them, reups it, and uh, here we are. And so so today we actually move on and we see the death of Isaac. Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about Isaac in a mm-hmm. while, the grandfather, and uh, we also see the death of Rachel tragically mm-hmm. in in uh, the birth of the last son Benjamin, mm-hmm. which uh, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. And so why don't we begin with thirty five sixteen through nineteen. Then they moved on from Bethel, while they were still some distance from Ephrath. Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni. But Mm. his father named him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day, this pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Yeah, so they move from Bethel towards Bethlehem, mm-hmm. right? And uh, th- this is one of those things in the Bible where they're doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. This is very theologically significant. And so uh, Bethlehem is going to become very theologically significant. Mm-hmm. Why? It's where kings come from. Yeah, it's where David's from, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the city of David. And that's why mm-hmm. it's very important that Jesus is, mm-hmm. is associated with Bethlehem. It actually means house of bread. Mm-hmm. Bethlehem, it's house of bread. Um uh, which is interesting when you consider communion. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Jesus is from Bethlehem. When we eat communion, we eat bread. Yeah. House of bread, right? Yeah, that's cool. 
And so here we're, we're moving south from Bethel. So especially when we get into Kings and Chronicles and you start to see the kingdom break down, Bethel is basically the capital of the Northern kingdom, mm-hmm. Israel. And then as you move south, Jerusalem is the, the capital of the Southern kingdom, Judah. And then as you go even further south from, from, Ju- from Jerusalem, you get to, to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And so this is, like you said, city of Kings. Um, and we're on our way there. Yeah. Right. So we'll see why that's important here in, mm. in a moment. Uh, if you remember the story of Rebecca giving birth to Isaac and Jacob, mm-hmm. I think there's like a parallel here because mm-hmm. Isaac and Rebecca are told that they're going to have a baby. And then Rebecca becomes pregnant with twins. And then she mm-hmm. cries out because there's a struggle. Yeah. Right. There's strife in her pregnancy. Yeah. What does she yell? Do you remember? It's kind of funny. It's like, why is this happening? Yeah, why is this happening to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is very funny for someone who gets pregnant with twins. Because yeah. that's kind of like, I feel like how, I get that. You, how yeah. one would feel. I'd probably feel the same way. And so here's some a somewhat parallel event, except it, it gets dramatized mm-hmm. even further, right? Where uh, Jacob and Rachel are told they're going to give birth to kings mm-hmm. last episode. Yeah. So the covenant re-up with Jacob is almost the same as it's been, except this time he says, you'll, you'll, your nation will have kings. Mm-hmm. And we said that we know that there's going to be kings that come from the line of Judah mm-hmm. because that's where David's from and that's mm-hmm. where Jesus is from. And then we said, what other line? What other son? Benjamin. And we said Benjamin, mm-hmm. right? Why? Saul's from there. Yeah, so the actual first king yeah. is from Benjamin, from from uh, the, the tribe of Benjamin. And so God is basically telling them, you know, you're going to have another child mm-hmm. when he says that you kings will come from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Rachel gets pregnant here and and there's significant struggle, right? Yeah. Um, another parallel all the way back to Genesis three is what is the part of the curse of sin to the woman? That childbirth will be painful. She'll struggle. And yeah. Struggle, right? And that's the history of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've talked about this before, but if you go back and you look at family trees, even from like the 1800s, 1900s, before kind of the explosion of modern medicine, like basically it would be like, uh, you know, this is your ancestor. You know, she had 14 children yeah. and five of them survived. Yeah. Right. Like this kind of, and uh, women dying in childbirth yes. was, was extremely yeah. common uh, all the way up until very, very recently. And so that, that curse of sin is something that, that you see. And this is what she's going through right now. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about this parallel is that God says this to Eve and the seed of Eve will be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so now this happens to to Rachel, yeah, who is in this covenant line mm. and giving birth to the covenant carriers. And so you can you know you kind of see these these mm-hmm. parallels. I think it's interesting that she's dying, yeah. And the midwife says, "Do not fear; you have another son." Mm. So the question is, like, what do you think? What do you think she means by that? I mean, significantly, like sons were everything in this time mm. period because those were, like we said, God provided the kings, yeah, for you know, God told them, you're going to have a king. You're mm-hmm. going to have many kings. So for her to be pregnant and essentially not know, it's not like you would know whether you're having a, a girl or a boy. Yeah. It's kind of like a consolation. Like you've, you've given birth to another king. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. Um, Rachel basically asks for another son. And yeah. the way that she asks for another son is that she names <laughs> her first son, Joseph, mm. which Yosep means may he add. Oh yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So so quite frankly, like every time you see Joseph, she thinks what his name means. She's right? like, may he add more. May he sons. add another son. Yeah. 
And so her prayer is answered very mm-hmm. tragically, but I think that's why the midwife says, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. It's not about her dying. It's the reassurance that God has heard her prayer mm-hmm. and has answered her. And so Rachel names the child Ben-Oni, which means son of my suffering or son of affliction. Mm-hmm. And she dies. Yeah. It's very dramatic. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting connection here. Do you remember the scene where Rachel was very frustrated because Leah was having children, mm-hmm. but she wasn't? And she went to Jacob to complain. And do you remember what she said? She says, give me children or I'll die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so here, what does she end up dying in the midst of? Having a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. Like, I don't think that this is like um, tragic irony necessarily. I think that, you know, she she was saying that she would rather die than not have children. Yeah. And so here, you know, she's having children and it, and it does kill her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from even this quip that she made in an argument with, with Jacob, you know, in, in some ways it seems like this, this is better for her. It's what she wants. Right. Yeah. That this, this was ultimately like she, she took that part of the covenant mm-hmm. so seriously, which is one of the reasons why Rachel's a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jacob names Ben-Oni Benjamin, mm-hmm. which means son of the right hand. Interesting. And so I think we're going to get into this later. Um, And I don't want to spend too much time on this because this might be a little bit confusing for people. But I think in terms of chronology, Benjamin is actually born after Joseph is already sold into slavery. Yeah, that's correct. Because Joseph meets him for the first time, right? right? So this is kind of like the... the, like the family tree kind of like summary, right? So this is not necessarily in order of of what's been happening. Yeah. Yeah, And that is confusing because the Bible does that sometimes, right? Right, uh, we've already seen this. Yeah. yeah, we've seen it. And and then when you get to the prophets and they're talking about events that are happening, like sometimes you're just kind of like, this isn't really tracking chronologically, yeah, it's difficult. right? It's, yeah. it's more poetic and mm-hmm. it's more about what it's trying to say to you. Um, and so uh, Rachel is basically Jacob's first wife, mm-hmm. right? She's the queen. Mm-hmm. And so the son of the promise is going to come through her if, it has, if, if Jacob has anything to do with mm-hmm. it, right? Um, but she and Jacob think that her only biological son, Joseph is dead. Yeah. If he's already been sold into slavery, yeah. they don't know where he is or if he's alive. And the boys tell him that he yeah. was mauled by they a lion. Don't, right? Yeah, or, that's right. They don't say that he's been sold into slavery. Correct. Yeah. So, so I think that Joseph was being treated by Jacob like he was the successor, mm-hmm. right? Even though he wasn't the firstborn. Yeah. Um, he got that coat. He got that robe. Yeah. And as we talked about in the, the, uh, weird episode with Noah and his sons, mm-hmm. the robe, the garment is, uh, you know, a kingly mm-hmm. and priestly garment that, mm-hmm. that that denotes some kind of authority. And that's why we said that for, for Ham to walk in and see Noah without his robe was uh, essentially an act of him taking the throne, yes. right? Taking that authority that the robe denotes. And so Joseph is given a robe, you know, the Technicolor dream coat. Mm-hmm. And then he has a dream that really makes his brothers mad. What, what's his dream? Um, he has a dream where they are all like bunches of wheat, right? Yeah. And then they all bow down to him, <laughs> which would, you know, in a sibling rivalry, like how can that not make you mad? Add a dream where you guys all served me and I was like <laughs> the king and you guys all were like just bowing down. My older sister, Colleen, uh, who is a force of nature, used to try to make my my little brother and I play a game with her called Queen Colleen. <laughs> That is so funny. Uh, and so, did you play? I mean, at times. See, that's like such younger brother. Yeah, because like, we like oh, wanted, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I just want to like, hang out. We like, bored, sure, so yeah. Really, yeah. 
And then shortly <laughs> after that, we, that, we said no. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah. So, so what that indicates in terms of the symbology of the dream, though, is that he's the king. Yeah, I mean, correct. Right. So, yeah. what do they do? They sell him into slavery. They don't him. like. They want to get rid of him. This yeah. is all. You know, this is. Um, you know, the, the tragedy, this is like Julius Caesar and the Greek yes. tragedies. And yeah. this is even Shakespeare, right? What do you do to the king if you want to be the king? You kill the king. You kill the king. So the other brothers get mm-hmm. rid of the one who's supposed to be the successor, yeah. Joseph. And so now the, the the son of the promise is dead in their eyes. Yeah, because they really do want to kill him. But it's Reuben, right? Who says, well, don't kill him. Just sell yeah, him sell, off into slavery. Off just say slavery. he died. Yeah. So... So the son of the promise is gone, mm-hmm. but now what has happened? Benjamin's here. Yeah. Yeah. So she really does die thinking like, at least there's hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Joseph or uh, Jacob names him. Son of the right son hand. Son of the right hand. Yeah. Because who's the, what does the right hand man mean? Just like. Second, the second successor, to the king. Right? Yeah. And, and so he's, you know, he's the son of the right hand. And so J- uh, Rachel dies. Uh, Jacob builds a pillar. Mm-hmm. And this is probably an act of worship to God. We actually do this, mm-hmm. right? We put stones on graves. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think we know that this is what it means, but as we've mm-hmm. been talking about from the beginning, a pillar is something that starts in the ground and goes up into the sky, yeah. right? I mean, they're usually not that tall, but technically speaking, that's what they are. And so I think this is some kind of faith and confidence that Rachel is mm-hmm. is with God now. And so here we are, uh, one of the sons, although we haven't gotten to this in the narrative yet, who was supposed to be the king was gotten rid of by the other brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, the first wife, the queen, has given birth to her only other biological son. Yes. And he gets named by the father. Son of the right hand. The successor. Yeah. Okay. So now th- this is like, isn't this like kind of like fun drama? Like, if oh, you sort yeah. Of think about this it? is, yeah, this is right up there with like Game of Thrones oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, this is crazy stuff that's happening. Okay. So keep that in mind when we think about what Reuben does. Yes. All right. So uh, Genesis 35, 21 through 22. Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond Migdal Eder. While Israel was still living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Bilhah, and Israel heard of it. Jacob had 12 sons. Jeez. Crazy. So, so for just before we get into the drama, Migdal Eater is somewhat hazy. Mm. They don't know exactly what where that is or what that means, but it's somewhere in between, you know, Hebron and Bethlehem. It's mm. kind of where they're traveling, uh, and it means Tower of the Flock. Mm. It's kind of interesting because this is Jacob's flock. Yeah, and it, and right? it was quite the struggle to get that flock, huh? Yeah, and and if you stand on the tower to watch your flock, you're you're keeping an eye on it, mm-hmm. right? Well. What do you see? Not going so well. Yeah. Right. And so Reuben sleeps with Jacob's concubine, Bilhah. Yeah. Okay. So let's just recap for a second. I know we just did this, but in a normal lineage, Reuben is the firstborn. Mm-hmm. So what is he? He should be the heir. He's the heir. But that doesn't seem to be what's been happening this whole right. time, right? It seems like first of all, Joseph yep. was in line and now maybe Benjamin. Yep. And the other sons that are sort of potentially in line have... You know, really not done a very good job. Simeon and Levi disqualified themselves. Yeah, we know at least two of them are out, yeah. By murdering at Shechem. Uh-huh. Uh, and now Jacob has given the youngest son a royal name, son mm-hmm. of the right hand, mm-hmm. which implies that he is now the successor. Mm-hmm. So knowing that Rachel, not his mother, Leah, Reuben's mm-hmm. mother, Leah, Rachel was actually Jacob's favorite wife and was kind of in the position of the queen. It seems like perhaps Reuben knows what's going on here. Mm-hmm. He is not in line to take over the clan. Mm-hmm. So what's he do? 
tries to take over the crown. Seizes power. Yeah. Right? So sleeping with his father's concubine signifies that Reuben's in a power struggle with his father, Jacob. Yeah, to say the least. And uh, we're actually going to see this in an incredibly mm-hmm. tragic story in Second mm-hmm. Chronicles 16. Uh, people really, because we don't really read all of the stories of Kings and Chronicles, it's hard for us to to see this, but but what's what's true of David's life is that it ends very tragically. Yes. With his family yeah. murdering each other, falling apart. Mm-hmm. And all of that goes back to his sin with Bathsheba, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is actually, it's actually a really good example of the way that God works in his grace because David's sin with Bathsheba leads to an incredible, I mean, his his baby dies, yes. his family falls apart. One yeah. of his sons rapes one of his daughters. Yes. The other son kills that son, then rebels and tries to take the kingdom. Yeah. David runs around in the wilderness from his own son in the same way yes. that he ran from Saul, who was trying to kill him in the beginning. And eventually, you know, he, he, he defeats his son Absalom and comes back. And then Bathsheba's son, Solomon, becomes the heir. Mm-hmm. So what does God do when we make ashes? He still finds a way to make beauty. He finds a way to make yeah. beauty, but that doesn't mean that our sins are unaccountable. Correct. And right. he specifically says that was, you should not have done that thing. You right. shouldn't have slept with Bathsheba. Right. Yeah. Now your son, I mean, he says you shouldn't have slept with Bathsheba. Now your son's going to die. Yeah. Right. Which is, we don't have time to get into that, but. But we um, will one day, maybe. We will. And so, but my point here is in second Chronicles 16, when Absalom is in rebellion against David uh, and he comes for the throne, one of the things he does is it mm-hmm. says that he pitches a tent on the mm-hmm. roof and sleeps with David's concubine in the sight of all of Israel. Mm. So this is a an act of rebellion yeah. and seizing power, right? Because um, in that culture, that concubine belongs to the king. Mm. So if you brazenly go up there and take that concubine and do what one does with the concubine, then who who are you claiming to be now? The king. Right. Yeah. And so this is what Reuben's doing here. Mm-hmm. So if you real if you see this phrasing, uh, Absalom had you know in Second Chronicles sixteen pitches a tent and sleeps with David's concubine in the sight of all of Israel. Mm-hmm. Here Reuben sleeps with his father's concubine and Israel hears mm-hmm. right. So it's like the same mm-hmm. the same thing. Just like so so Absalom is going to be a repeat story of yeah. what Reuben does to to Jacob here. And so uh, the 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 reason that this is important is because it, you know Reuben's doing this publicly mm-hmm. on purpose, and he's laying claim to the throne. Mm-hmm. And the reason he's decided to do this is because Benjamin was born. Yeah. Right. Because when Joseph goes away, now it's like, okay, which one of us now will be the heir? I'm the oldest. Yeah. They kind of like felt they secured their their position. So her, you know, her. Uh, uh, his favorite wife doesn't have any more kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm Reuben. I'm the oldest. I should be in line anyways. His mm-hmm. little favorite guy, Joseph, is gone now. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's me. Now Benjamin's born. Jacob names him Benjamin, which means yeah. son of the right hand, which is a royal title. And so Reuben says, fine. Then I'll yeah. take it into my own hands. Yeah. And he rebels. Um, he also chooses Rachel's concubine. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Leah, or, you know, Leah had concubine as well. Mm-hmm. Um servants. And so it's, it's not only a power play for himself. It's also an attack on Rachel. Yeah. And it's the mother of his siblings too. Right. Some of his siblings. Yes. Correct. Which is crazy. Correct. And so, uh, who knows? Like it is possible that Bilhah would have ascended to the position of first wife, right? Like we yeah. don't really know how Jacob feels about Leah at this point. Yeah. 
Um, and she and Bilhah has given him children. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so this is an attack both on Jacob mm-hmm. and on Rachel. Mm-hmm. So uh, drama, right? Yeah. And then it ends. Jacob had 12 sons. Yeah. So let's read, let's read uh, 23 through 26. Yeah. The sons of Leah, Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Rachel's servant, Bilhah, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Leah's, Leah's servant, Zilphah, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padanaram. Yep. So we, so, um, this is like the the end summary of the sons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Before we kind of get into okay, how is this all going to go? It's like the the trading of generations almost because mm. I think from now on out Jacob like when you see him interact with Joseph, when you see him interact with, you know, his other sons when they go to Egypt for the famine, in my mind when I read that growing up, he was like an old man at that yeah. point. I think he is. Yeah. So, you know, this is kind of like the, like, now this is the next generation. Here's the sons. Mm-hmm. Here's where the covenants left. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, one of the interesting things that we've kind of seen so far is that, uh, you know, Abraham, who is the, the promise carrier had two sons. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how many sons his brother Nahor had? 12. He had 12 sons. Yeah. Then Isaac had two sons. Mm-hmm. And then there was a random, uh, genealogy of his brother Ishmael. Do you mm-hmm. remember how many sons Ishmael had? 12. Okay. So now finally, mm-hmm. Jacob has 12 sons. Mm-hmm. Symbolically speaking, I think 12 represents nationhood, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like a people, no longer a clan, but a people. And so finally, like we've been talking about when some of the ways that they're referencing Israel, finally, Jacob, Israel is becoming a nation. Yeah, it, it in some ways it feels like okay, like this is great, this is what we wanted. Mm-hmm. But then when it ends, this like chapter of just like his family just messing up, not mm-hmm. being covenant carriers, it feels like a mix. Like we got what we wanted, but mm-hmm. are they the correct twelve sons? Like are they the right, right. ones to right. to carry the covenant? Right, exactly. Yeah. And it kind of seems like maybe not. Right. Yeah. So so right now, if the chronology of the way that the sons were presented as being born is the way that they were actually born, which I actually don't know if that's, if that's necessarily the way that they, they do it. Right. Yeah. Like, listing all of Leah's sons first might be stylistic in, yeah, the, in that I'm, story. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure order, they, right? they kind of, yeah, go back Who and knows? forth in the story. But, but you know, let's say that that's true. The first three have They're disqualified out. themselves yeah. from the covenant. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Reuben has slept with his father's concubine, tried mm-hmm. to take the throne. Mm-hmm. Levi and Simeon have murdered a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. In a couple of chapters, we're going to see Judah, the fourth born, also mm-hmm. disqualify also himself. Also disqualified. And Joseph's throne. dead in their eyes. So they're down to like, what, seven kids yeah, yeah. Out, of five, out of 12? And you just never really hear anything about the other ones. They just seem like they're okay with whatever's yeah. happening or they're like, yeah, whatever. And so we're going to read through this story and we're going to get to the end and you're going to be like, because Joseph's not dead you're going to be like, oh, it's Joseph. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joseph's the one. And it is, in a sense, it's true. Joseph is the one who who redeems and rescues mm-hmm. his family. Um, but then you're going to see this weird prophecy that Jacob blesses his sons with, right? And so he, he uh, in, in regards to Reuben, he says all of these great things about him. You know, you're strong and you're mighty mm-hmm. and you're swift and, and you know, you, you are all of these things but you betrayed me mm. by sleeping with my concubine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not you, mm-hmm. right? And then he goes down down the line of his sons. 
And he gives the scepter to Judah, mm-hmm. which based on a story we're going to read in a couple of chapters, is very surprising. Yes. And uh, we, I will actually unpack how and why that happens and what, what occurs, which is actually in the book of Ruth, to make Judah become eligible again mm. for so so Boaz mm-hmm. right the uh, the kinsman redeemer the kinsman redeemer basically what Boaz does in Ruth is the thing that requalifies Judah Judah so we'll talk mm-hmm. about that but that you that's know that's cool. not the way people read the book of Ruth mm-hmm. and that's not the only thing you should take from the book of Ruth but yeah. in terms of the narrative structure what the fact that Judah is the one who becomes the the line of the kings is kind of confusing because it seems like it should be Joseph and um, how you know how how does Judah, who's going to do something disqualifying, come back into the mix? Mm-hmm. And that is actually worked out in in uh, Ruth, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Um, and so you know, uh, I guess let, let's finish up twenty seven through twenty nine. Yeah, Jacob came home to his father Isaac and Mamre near Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived one hundred and eighty years. Then he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, old and full of years. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Yep. So Isaac dies in Hebron and Jacob and Esau come together to bury him. Yeah. Which indicates. They, they made up. Yeah. For real. Full, not just like in that moment that we saw a couple chapters ago. Yeah. Full reconciliation. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when people read that chapter, it, it, it can be interpreted and translated into English to kind of make it seem like, uh, Jacob tells Esau, no, 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 I'll I'll come and be with you, but uh, just go ahead and I'll come later. And And then then he goes somewhere else, like almost like the beef is still there, but it's not. Yeah, he just is like, that's not for me. I'm not headed there. Yeah. But he's not angry with his brother. And and his brother's not angry with him. Correct. And they bury their father together. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a, a, I think that's kind of the bow Mm. on the story. Mm -hmm. Right. So so next next chapter, we're going to see Esau's descendants. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, who will become important in the story. But in terms of Jacob and Esau, we saw strife, we saw fear, we saw reconciliation, and now this is kind of the bow on mm-hmm. it, right? And so that that chapter is somewhat closed here at the end of, of 35. And next week in 36, we'll see who comes from the line of Esau, mm-hmm. who at this moment is not antagonistic to Jacob and Israel. Yes. Right? So that's yeah. important because there's going to be things that happen that make Edom the nation that comes from Esau, somewhat antagonistic to Israel mm-hmm. throughout throughout the history, but at this moment, and you're gonna and we're gonna see this in like Deuteronomy. It mentions this: the Edomites, those people who come from Esau, are like friends. Yeah, and that's because there's reconciliation here. Mm-hmm. So the friends of the covenant are supposed to be blessed by the covenant, mm-hmm. right? And it's only when you stray from the covenant carrier and and have beef with the covenant carrier that you now have beef with God, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, this is uh, this is kind of um, this is important to see that there's more going on here than Reuben the oldest is just like a bad person who sleeps with his father's concubine. Well, correct. Right? Yeah. It's probably not an act of lust. Mm. It's an act of power. Mm-hmm. Right. It's rebellion. Just like. People want to ascribe all kinds of strange things to what happens with Noah in his tent mm-hmm. and his son, Ham. But the, it's an act of power. It's mm-hmm. an act of, you know, which is exactly what happened in the garden with the tree. Yeah. It's an act of usurpation, trying to take the the throne, right? Trying to take uh, 
the throne from God and, and here from God's anointed. And so this is where Reuben sits now. Mm-hmm. So uh, in terms of the genealogy that we've seen so far, the first three sons, done. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like through the story, they're just getting like ticked off. Yeah, the body, we're just right? waiting just for them. Crossed to just, out, crossed out, yeah. crossed out. Um, and so the rest of the story of Genesis is about how all this kind of comes together and how God's going to bring beauty from these ashes. This is like the generation we end Genesis with, which is crazy to yeah. think about, huh? Yeah, because we'll end Genesis with Joseph yeah. in Egypt, right? With his brothers. These brothers as adults, yeah. yeah. And I think that they'll have children. Yeah, there. but this is like the last mm-hmm. wrapping up and, and Joseph kind of ends the tail end of Genesis right. with his death, right? Right, Yeah. right. Um, so we're going to get into some detailed stories. Like the, yeah. finally it slows down and tells stories of the brothers and tells mm-hmm. stories of these families and kind of, you know, we, we talked about stories. how, you know, we don't really hear that much about Isaac, yeah. kind of zooms through Isaac. And then Jacob, we we paused on for for a long time, but most of that was about the production of his sons. Yeah, most of it was about his sons, yeah. right? So now it's like, what are the sons going to get up to? So far, like? not great. Yeah, we'll not, see. Not great. Um, all right, you got anything else for for chapter thirty five? Uh, I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys for being with us, and we will see you next week on Story Saint Spirit. Mm-hmm.